Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Thanks, yo. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex. And together, we are FNA Van Life. Today is your favorite monthly episode of Van Life in the News. Woohoo, baby! <laughs> I get so excited for these ones because we get to go through these articles and, you know, we get to see where they use hashtag Van Life and how it actually doesn't apply to the lifestyle and where it does and the differences between all the different nomadic lifestyles when we go through these type of news articles. I just think it's interesting, too, because I feel like when we got on the road two and a half years ago, there would not have been this much news about van life that we could literally do a monthly episode and then we're not even using every single article that we find. No, we're finding like, like five or six of them and just running with it. Yeah, like we're picking the ones that like are actually interesting or whatever. So there's so much chit chatter on the interwebs about van life, which is just nut bars. Because I feel like this community and this movement has grown so much speed in the last couple of years. Well, when you think about life, a lot of people like to romanticize their life, and rightfully they should, because if you're romanticizing about your life, that means you love it, right? And a lot of us in this lifestyle absolutely love what we do. There are definitely ups and downs within the life, and when you live it, you really get to understand that. Uh, But from the outside looking in, it kind of looks like just... Uh, lollipops and flowers, you well, know? I love me some lollipops and flowers. <laughs> Together? Ugh. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> but realistically, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to always give you guys a very realistic and real, you know, portion about this lifestyle. We're always trying to give you a good dose of what to expect on the road if you get into the lifestyle. Yeah, and we so appreciate that you guys love the podcast. And so before we dive into today's episode, we want to give a shout out to this reviewer of the week. They are called Mansoor100. You know what? I might have mixed up in the last one and their name wasn't FNA fan because I'm just realizing that the name is down below. So oh. review of last week, I apologize I missed your name. So they didn't make their name Top f and Fan. No, I think they made the title of their review Top f and Fan. Gotcha, gotcha. That makes a lot more sense. That makes sense. But anyways, so Mansoor says, Great show. You guys are the only ones who do podcast and YouTube that I follow. Thank you very much. God bless you. Safe journey ahead and back. Thank you. That's amazing. Thank you so much for the awesome comment. And we are happy to be able to bring you news here on the podcast or just on YouTube. And there are two different styles and two different styles that we do. Um, and we talk about different things on both of them. Yeah, for sure. And the journey that Mentor is talking about is nine countries in nine months. Right now we are on a mission to get all the way to Panama. So we're going through... Mexico, Guatemala, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Belize, 
and then the other ones that make nine. Yes, yeah. <laughs> what makes nine is getting back to the United well, States. Well, El Salvador. Did I say that? I don't know. I gotta, like, get this on a list where it's, like, you're naming it off bang, and you're bang, like, bang, yeah. Bang. But so we're on this mission right now. We're currently still in Mexico, and we are loving it so far. Um, so we're excited to get to the next countries and, you know, knock these nine and nine out of the park. But while also taking our time while doing them, because nine months is a good amount of time to be able to do this style trip. It feels short, but it um, is, it's like equally not too short, but not long enough. Yes, because if you really think about the distance that we're driving, it's about a five day drive to a week drive to get if from you're just driving. the top of Mexico all the way down to Panama. So if that's if you're just driving. Um, so yeah, nine months is a pretty good amount of time to explore all these areas. And before we jump into this podcast, I do want to say, please think about signing up for our Patreon. It helps us be able to afford to stay on the road, to afford to make these type of podcasts, to afford to be able to continue to make YouTube videos. It is becoming a huge part of our community and we give tons of great information also on our Patreon. And then you'll get to listen to this full episode over on the Patreon. Uh, we are only doing that so we can entice you to come on over and just join the Patreon. Uh, we need you guys there. We need the community. We love our community and we're so thankful for the community. Absolutely. So let's start with the news that the entire community is buzzing about and that is Starlink launches new antenna for the RV and van lifers. This is the, the most exciting thing for van lifers, for people that are uh, digital nomads that work on the road. Imagine having internet at your house, but on the road. We've met a couple of people who have the old Starlink system, like pre-RV dish, because the RV dish is a little bit different um, than the regular home dish. But so I think the two people that we knew were both in buses, yes. so it's a much bigger space. But so they had the regular home antenna on it, mm -hmm. and their hack was to just change their home address every time they got somewhere new. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if they were in New Mexico, they would put their home address near where the campsite was in New Mexico. Then they drove to California, they would just go into the Starlink app and change their home address. But so now with the RV, you don't need to do that because it'll pick up your service wherever you are. And the other cool part about it is it works all the way, all in North America. So we could go as far south as Mexico, like the t very tip southern part of Mexico, and still be able to use Starlink service. And here in the coming months and the coming years, they're going to expand it all the way down through Central America and even into South America. So if you're a traveler, this might be the way you want to go, and that way you're provided internet all the time. Another kicker to it is then you technically wouldn't necessarily need like cell phone service because you could always get like a Google number and be able to like stop, park up, throw up your Starlink and then be able to use your phone freely, call your friends, call your family, do all the things that you absolutely need to do. So this is a true game changer. Yes. So let's talk about a couple of the limitations. First is the initial setup. So it's about $600 for the dish and then you're looking at $135 per month USD for the service. The other slight downfall is that you have to set it up every time you stop. So we've heard from some people that this can take upwards of an hour, which might be an exaggeration. That also might be just the first time that you do it. And then, or like depending on where the satellites are and if the ping works really quick. Right. So you have to kind of 
set it all up, get the dish outside, open it up, and then it has to recalibrate with the satellite dishes in outer space. Mm -hmm. So that's a pretty cool thing. And realistically, in our lifestyle and what we're doing, an hour is a very short period of time for us. We are normally setting ourselves up to hang out for a day or two, if not a week, in a lot of these places. So the cost of an hour of time to wait for the internet where you would actually have no internet is actually like a plus. Yeah, totally. I don't find that as a downfall where a lot of people are like, "Ugh, like this is so hard." Like it's more like complainy than sure, anything else. Sure, I'm just you know laying out things that you might need to think about because, for example, you're saying, "Oh, that could just be your cell phone the whole time." No, it can't because it doesn't work while you're driving. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you need to load maps, if you want to talk to somebody while you're driving. If you want to talk to somebody within 30 minutes of getting to your campsite, you can't do it. Yeah, but imagine just having a cell phone plan where all you needed was text and, like, very small amount of data to, like, load those things. That And especially if you're in a place where you wouldn't have service anyway, like we talked about, then how are you going to load a map? Sure, I get it. I mean, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. I'm just saying it might not solve every single problem Correct. that you've ever had in your Correct. whole life about being connected. But it's a definite upgrade. Oh, a yeah. thousand percent. So, you know, the other tricky thing, if you're already outside of America and maybe you're traveling and you don't have an address, getting it shipped to you might be complicated. We're trying to figure out how to get it down here in Mexico. Mm -hmm. We're not quite sure yet. But so anyways, I think it's going to be a real game changer, especially for people who work full-time digital nomad jobs, mm -hmm. because this will enable you to really, truly work from anywhere. Mm -hmm. Even if you have to get there the night before and set up the dish and make sure you're all good, you'll know for sure that you have service. Where right now, if you're on Verizon or T-Mobile or AT&T or whatever, the coverage map might say that you're covered in an area, and then you get there and you're getting like you know, two megabyte upload speeds and you're like, there's absolutely no way that I'm going to be able to like jump on a conference call. Yeah, you want to be crushing it out here while you're on the road, especially with internet. So even if they throttled you and you got 10 megabytes per second instead of like the 200, you could still do absolutely everything that you need with a download speed like that. Yeah. Oh, and so not to be a Dobby Downer, but the other downside with the RV plan versus the regular home plan is if you are in a very busy area with a lot of Starlink, you know, competition so like lots of people in that area have starlink and you're rolling in with your rv starlink you'll get slower speeds than the home starlink systems but their slow speeds once again like we said are not slow considering what you would possibly get on your cell phone you're still going to get upwards of 10 megabytes from what everybody's talking about uh with with this starlink system yeah, so when we were in Joshua Tree, our buddy Alex had it set up on his bus, and he had his own Wi-Fi network on it, and then he also had, like, a public Wi-Fi network on it, because he was getting so much internet, he didn't couldn't use it all. But so we were, like, across the circle from him, a pretty big circle, we were able to connect to his internet, and was crushing internet speed yeah. in the middle of Joshua Tree where we had basically no cell phone service. And to give you a second example of it, when we did our photo shoot just recently, when we were on Models, Ooh. they actually got Starlink as well. And they were able to do a full live stream with the people that were the directors of this you know, uh, photo shoot and video that we did uh, and the promotion of this uh, new podcast software. And they were able to talk with people in, in the UK 
full time the for, whole day for on eight a video hours call. on a video call to make sure that everything was done right. So Starlink was the way that they were able to do that as well. Totally. So we are excited. We think that Starlink is going to be a game changer for the digital nomad community. I know so many people are rushing to get one, to figure out how to get it, to see if they can make the investment. So, you know... If this is something you're looking into, you might want to hit it hard, hit it fast, because, you know, F&A Van Life is talking about it. They're going to sell out next week. And this is in no way, shape, or form like a sponsored thing. I wish I we were wish getting paid. Sponsored. <laughs> Bob, but we got this from an article called Super Dope, uh, Stupid Dope, and honestly, I think it is Stupid Dope Amazing. Hell yeah. All right, so our next article... All right, so our next article is from Chatelaine.com. Have you ever heard of Chatelaine? Chatelaine? No, I haven't, but it Chatelaine, sounds fancy. It is. I feel like Chatelaine is like the woman's magazine of mm. Canada. Mm. Like my mom has a subscription to Chatelaine. Oh, very nice. Yeah. It's very sophisticated then. Very. Well, I know Shirley and she's a sophisticated woman. <laughs> it's kind of a cross, I don't want to say between like Cosmo and like... I don't know, like some kind of like teen, like lifestyle, like magazine kind of thing. Cool. So anyways, this article is called, I downsized my life and hit the road Four people on the ups and downs of living the hashtag van life. Because there are definitely ups and there are definitely downs. Uh So most of these people are from Canada themselves. The images are absolutely glorious. I mean, really, it's more ups than downs if you're asking me. Yeah, they're kind of talking more about the fact that they've gained more than 32,000 followers while, you know, hitting the road. And so it just because of the lifestyle being so sought after and a lot of people, you know, posting these very glorious, very beautiful photos of what it's like to live in a van. But realistically, it's a little bit more dirty than what these, you know... What these photos at least show. If you want to get the real, real scoop behind this article, come and join our Patreon community. It helps support us and keep us on the road and making great content like this for you. We so appreciate it. So this next article is about 25 jobs that are perfect for van life. Ooh, I like this one. Yes, and so the majority of them are online. We can go through all 25. They're basically things from virtual assistant, blogging, I'm not sure how you make a ton of money from blogging. Proofreading. Well, I guess blogging would be more uh, like advertisement within your website. Because uh, if you put small ads on your website and there's a lot of people actually reading your blog, it's a really good way of making an income. Sure. And you could also source other things out by like doing Amazon affiliates through it, you know, and selling space in your on your blog. Yes, but would definitely require pushing a boulder uphill. Yeah, for sure. Totally. Yeah. So, proofreading, bookkeeping, um, transcription, a lot of this is all virtual online work, selling on Amazon. We actually met somebody who travels around the country and goes to different, like, stores and tries to find things that are on clearance, Mm -hmm. and then he'll, you know, send them into Amazon fulfillment and then sell them for more than he bought them on clearance Mm -hmm. on Amazon. I mean, one thing that is not on this list that I would love to create an opportunity for is voice work, right? So Alex and I, for instance, want to start putting our videos out in all different countries. And realistically, we would need some voice actors to be able to go through each one of our videos and voice act as us, as a female and male version, right? And Mm -hmm. then put it out in every different language that we possibly can. It's a great opportunity to make some money and also a great opportunity to grow our business, uh, but I don't see it here. On well, this. if you are fluent in Spanish and you want to make a couple extra bucks by voiceovering 
our videos, you send us a DM because why the heck not? Yeah, we could start a, you know, FNA Van Life Espanol, we could start a FNA Van Life French, and then we could give you a percentage of whatever the money that is being made from that channel to you once that channel starts making some money. Sure. That would actually be great if there was a couple on the road who live in a van, who speak Spanish, who want to be our dubbed voiceover actors. We love supporting other van lifers. Um, so if you are a van life couple who speaks fluent Spanish and wants to invest a little bit of time, you know, watching our videos and saying all the right words. Let's just say you're our people. <laughs> all right. So other jobs, building websites. We actually just paid a nomad to build our website. If you okay. want to go check it out, it's updated and so fancy. FNAVanLife.com. Ebooks, which Alex actually writes her own ebooks. She has two out already. One is about getting started and living in van life for at least a year. And then the next one is an Alaska e-guide. And she also even makes coloring books and much more. So much fun. So we have tutoring, online teaching. We know a lot of people who do that. You can take surveys. I've tried doing that and didn't make a very ton of, it was like, here's $10. And I was like, wow, that took a long time. And it seems like a lot of work that you'd have to do for uh, a lack of income. Not a lot of money, yeah. but people, you know, if you need only need a couple extra hundred bucks a month to make it happen, maybe, That's you know, you. hitting that hard could be the thing. Um, digital marketing, work amping. I think that that's like when you um, like host a campsite or ah. are kind of yeah, like KOAs, RV yeah. campgrounds. So yeah, there's actually a, a website called workampingjobs.com. So if that's something that you're interested in, managing the grounds, housekeeping. Um, Which is also uh, makes it very cheap to live because you get to live there for free. You probably get like if they have water on site and all that stuff for, on site, you get that for free. Electric, you know, it makes life very cheap for you. And then you can do like a side hustle of selling wood if they don't have that there. You know, sure. there's, there's opportunity for sure. If you want to spend time in a place for a long period, say you want to stay somewhere for three to six months, you could easily find positions like that. Totally. So that's a list of 25. There's probably like 125 that you could really do. So many people that we know on the road have various jobs from massage therapist to hedge fund manager mm -hmm. to literally everything in between. So if you want to make money on the road, I mean, the internet we know, is... Uh, we know accountants. We know physical therapists. We know nurses. We know literally every type of job that you could have in a regular house. We, we found them as well in this lifestyle. Absolutely. So if it's something that you're worried about, what I did before we got on the road was I wrote out a list and was trying to come up for ourselves a hundred different ways that we could make money. And it might not be that every way was a smart way. And we certainly haven't, you know, actioned on the majority of them, but it was really just to get out of my own head about the possibility of making money on the road because mm -hmm. it was a worry of mine. You know, we're about to leave these very stable jobs. We didn't really know what was going to come next. You know, we had a little bit of a nest egg, but what happens if that runs out? Um, so writing out these hundred different ways to make money, it really just showed me that like, no matter what happens, we are smart and capable people, and we're going to figure out a way to make cash. And there's no job that's beneath us. We'll at least try it once. Like, I tried digging a hole uh, for a plumbing company so that way they could fix a pipe, 
and uh, we found that job on Craigslist. So there's an opportunity to find jobs wherever you are if you're willing to do the work and you're willing to just make a few bucks here and there. Okay, so this next little update is more of a personal update. And so this part of the program is definitely going to be for Patreons only. Okay. Because we wanted to share with you a little bit about kind of the behind the scenes of the video that came out last week when the van almost sunk into the ocean? Mexican ocean. No, the we only share the super juicy personal stuff with our Patreons. So if you want the inside scoop, go on over and join. All right, enough of the personal mumbo jumbo. Let's get back into the news. This one is from the New York Times. They seem to be hitting van life hard recently. I yeah, feel, I feel like that been. article that they put out about a month ago, and then they had a follow-up article. Those two ones must have, like, they for sure went viral in the van life community. We had a couple people send us the link. Well, um, because I think in the van life community, everybody in the van life community was like, this is BS, and, like, you're really not showing van life for what van life is, what it embodies. They were just legitimately, like, taking a weekend trip and not really experienced in van and life And wasn't even interested in van life to no. begin with. No, So, anyways, this article is called When Hashtag Van Life Meets the $300 Gas Tank, Remaining in Destinations Longer, Using Gas Apps, and Signing Up for Fuel Cards Allow Nomads to Travelers to Stay on the Road. I said that weird, yeah, but did. that's what it is. Well, first and foremost, we've never had a $300 gas tank, and unless prices hit about 11 to $12 a gallon... <laughs> That's the only way we'll have a $300 tank. Now, so here's the kicker of this article. From the first photo, you can 100% tell that these folks, they're beautiful. Their space is beautiful. No dig or shame on them. That is not a van. No, it is a bus. It is a, not a small bus. No. He's sitting on a full kitchen with a double-wide fridge and a stove next to him, like a, like a wood-burning fireplace. It's a great thumbnail. Oh my god, I mean, it's the beautiful van bus. Yeah. Don't let me say van, because yeah. it's a beautiful bus. But So let's get one thing straight. As van life grows, as nomadic life grows, we are all nomads together. But we have to be a little bit more specific when we say hashtag van life. Because van life and bus life are similar but different. They're similar in the sense of the lifestyle and the road and the movement, but... One is definitely going to be a lot more expensive than the other. Some are going to allow you to get to certain spaces more. Some are going to allow you to park in certain parking spots more. So one is going to be more expensive than the other. Oh, 100%. Just building a bus in general is more expensive because you have almost double the square footage. So instead of just buying like... Almost? Almost double? <sighs> you have way more than double. How about that? Yeah, so like instead of just like 60 square feet of flooring... You need 160 square feet of flooring. Yeah. Like, it's just, no matter what, it's going to cost you more to build out a bus. Let's just put it this way. The buses are bigger than my old New York City apartment, and if I had to fully furnish that and fully build it out, it would definitely cost a lot more than our van space. So Britt and Justin bought a 2002 Bluebird school bus that is a 30-foot home on wheels. And when they did... The Colorado prices of gas were averaging $3 per gallon. So, you know, I think when we started, we were paying like two fifty. If that. Yeah. Uh, I think we were probably around the $2 mark. Yeah. Because that was back in 2019. 
and gas prices were definitely on the rise, but not nearly on the rise of what they are today. Yeah, and, I, you know, everybody's feeling the pinch from, you know, the rising gas prices. But their cost for is about $200 when they first got on the road to fill a tank. So Which is th- still a lot. It's still a lot, and also I'm going to imagine that their fuel mileage is not very good. No, it's probably five ga- five uh, miles per gallon at max. Yeah, so yeah. that's another thing about bus life that... M- the reason that most of the bus lifers that we know, they get to an area and they stay there for two weeks. Mm-hmm. More, right? Like, they go to the BLM, they max out their time in the BLM. Yep. Because they don't want to be moving that thing. Like, for us, we, we tend to travel fairly quickly. Like, if we're in a spot for three nights... We've, like, really been at that spot. Whereas, like, for a a bus lifer, unless they're trying to make, like, a super long cross-country journey or something, they are not moving quickly. Yes. So you might have a two to $300 gas tank, but maybe you're only buying one or two tanks of gas a month. So in the beginning, it cost them $200 a tank. Now it's costing them $300 a tank. So it's actually only went up $100 a tank, which... If they're, you know, staying in these spots for a while, it's probably taking them a while before they're refueling their tank. And they are getting 8 to 10 miles per gallon, they said. I doubt it's that high. It's probably less because of how heavy the bus is and whatnot. But they're saying on their first trip, cost them nearly $2,000 on gas alone. When you think about it, how long was their first trip? How many months did they take? They drove from Florida to where? To... Uh, they drove to Florida. Let's see. Where did they start? Oh, um, Long Island. Long Island. First they traveled to Florida, then to North Long Island, then to see California top to bottom. So when you think about that whole drive and all the experience that they had in that drive, $2,000 is what it cost them to live life on the road to all these different places. This had to be at least, I don't know, four months worth of travel. In my opinion, I think, right? Yeah. I don't know how long it well, was. Well, so they drove to Florida in one weekend. In one weekend. So they were, like, crunching hard. You know, I feel like that's the thing about it is that, like, when you first get on the road, you think that you can do all of these miles so quickly and, like, oh, I'm going to see the whole country in six months. Mm-hmm. But then you quickly realize that, like, A, that's not really enjoyable. B, that does get expensive, especially with the price of gas rising. Mm-hmm. And C... Like, what is the point of crushing to all these places that quickly? But I bet you that if they added up how much it cost them in the year for just, like, fuel and insurance and all those good details, and how much it cost them to live in a home for the year, it still cost at least, I don't know, 30 times or 30% more, you know, to live in that house and not go anywhere and not see anywhere compared to what it costs them to live in that bus. Totally. And also, right now, they're in California, which is the most expensive place to be in your vehicle. Mm -hmm. Like, when we were in California, we were, like, literally thinking about, okay, if we need to go to the grocery store and to Target and to AutoZone, what is the most fuel-efficient way to do that so that I'm not driving an extra... 0.01 of a mile than I need to because Mm -hmm. the price of gas is so crazy in California. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you're in Arizona, just one state over, you're like, I don't care. Like, I'm going to drive here and I'm going to drive there. Because it's just, the price is so much different in California than in other places. 
that like I would not suggest anybody does van life in California right now. And also to give you an idea with all that travel that they did in their bus, if we were to do that in our van, it would cost us the third a third of the price for fuel for us to do it in our van. So once again, it is much cheaper to do it in the van than it would be in that bus. A hundred percent. And they do recognize that like the gas is basically their rent. So, you know, like you were saying, in terms of all of your costs, even if your cost for fuel is $2,000, that's still less than a New York City apartment. Mm -hmm. For one month. Yeah. It's probably four grand for a New York City apartment for one month, at least. Yeah, a hundred percent. At minimum. And you could park that bus on the street if you're paying attention to the signs, the alternating sides in the city and be okay with parking there for free and being able to live, you know, in New York City in this bus for free for the month. This couple is also still working full time, so they've got jobs, so they're making probably pretty decent money. A lot of the people that we know that live in buses are still kind of full time working, one if not two of the people in the van. So, you know, imagine making your full time income with your only expense being gas for rent. Mm -hmm. That's pretty freaking good. And also, you know, the prices of gas, I mean, everybody's freaking out about it and it's this whole thing, but like, it's not slowing down the desire for people to get into van life. You know, maybe you would rethink buying a 30 foot school bus and instead opt for, you know, a 20 foot schoolie, Mm -hmm. you know, because even that would get you a little bit better mileage and you would still have plenty of room. Like, I just, I don't understand why a couple, a single, you know, two humans need an entire long school bus. Well, I think the idea is that the beauty of, like, living in something that is, like, a full home, a full-size home, or a full-size apartment, at least, is very appealing to a lot of people, where for people like us who want to do a lot more travel and want to travel, you know, the world and, and pretty fast, this is way more ideal for us. And... Uh, you know, it is a hard concept to like begin to understand, but there are a lot of people who get into buses and then change over to van life because of the type of way that they travel rather than the opposite. But you do definitely have people that if they decide that they want to have a family or something along those lines, or they're a lot more stationary, they might want to go into a bus or a trailer rather than having the full, like, you know, the tiny van. Totally. And I think, you know, for everybody... You know, everybody's in a totally different situation. For some people, the increase in fuel, it doesn't even matter. Yeah, it costs more, but, like, they have enough money that it's, like, you know, it's a non-issue. Where for other people, you know, it's going to make you slow down. It's going to make you enjoy places longer. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Like, what's the harm in, you know, actually spending that 14 days in that BLM spot and Mm -hmm. really enjoying it and then moving on? Mm -hmm. Like, if you only have to fuel up once a month, even if that gas tank is $300, that's very affordable. Yeah, and also now I think a lot more people are going to try to find places like BLM and places where they don't have to pay for parking because they're taking this hit on the gas end. You yeah, I mean? totally. And I think, too, the major cost savings that you're going to get in this lifestyle, if you're cool with boondocking and things like that, is that you're not paying for RV parks and all of that. Most bus and self-conversions are built so that you can be totally off-grid and you don't have to basically pay rent at an RV park. Another huge way to save is not being a foodie in the sense of like restaurants and places going out to eat, but being a foodie by cooking your own food and creating new flavors inside your rig. Because if you are buying groceries rather than going out to eat, the prices of 
you know, even just going to the grocery store is inflated. So imagine how much more expensive it is to go out to a restaurant at the moment. You know, so there's going to be a lot of people that wind up not going out to eat and trying to figure out different ways of saving money because of the inflation on gas prices and so much more. Clearly, you know, people in America are complaining about gas prices and then you see what people in Europe are paying and you're like, oh my God, we're like basically getting it for free. And even Canada. Too. Yeah. So like no shade whatsoever on like, you know, obviously this is an international podcast and people from all over the world listen to it. And so like, I don't know, I feel like there's this kind of sentiment online that like Americans are like boohooing over the price of gas when like we're still getting a very reasonable rate compared to a lot of other countries. Sure, but I will say America is one of the largest suppliers of oil, and that's the reason why we have a lower cost, because a lot of these countries are actually importing uh, gasoline or oil uh, to create their gas. So that they have to pay for the shipping of it, they have to pay for all these other things that come in line with being a uh, importer of a material rather than an exporter. Sure. So if you are looking to save money on gas, there are many websites that you can go to. Obviously, Gas Buddy is a good one that'll show you all the prices nearby. You can get cash back on Get Upside, which is really handy. Um, but you can also look up a chart that has the average price of gas in each state and then kind of plan your travels to be in the states where the average price of gas is lower. So the highest price of gas is California, Always. which is where this bus couple is, is traveling, which is potentially a bad choice. We try to like stay away from California mostly because the gas prices, even when it was much cheaper, uh, you know, in 2020, we pretty much avoided it. Like the it was still double what the other states were. Oh, yeah. Like you would be in Nevada. Like Nevada's still pretty high. It's um. I just saw it. Nevada is the second highest at uh, basically five point six, which is crazy. But you could literally cross the border from California to Nevada and pay a dollar less a gallon. I have to say, I am so happy that we are in Mexico right now because the gasoline down here is about four dollars and thirty cents on average a gallon. And so we are saving a lot of money right now by traveling where we're traveling. So if you want to be in our boat but stay in America, states like Georgia, Mississippi, Arkansas, Louisiana, South Carolina, Alabama, Tennessee, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Kansas, Missouri, Texas, what? Iowa, Minnesota, Kentucky. Like, I could go on. All of these states are under $4.80 a gallon. Which is kind of crazy to think because Florida used to be one of the cheapest states for gasoline. They're over $5 a gallon right now, my sister said. Yeah, well, because I feel like so many people move to Florida that there is, like, this huge demand for Well, you for also have a lot Florida. of East Coast people that went down there, and so they're trying to take their lifestyle and the amount of money they make down to Florida with them, so it's inflating the price of everything in the state of Florida at the moment. Yeah, so Florida right now, their average price for regular is $4.85. Yeah, and, and what my sister told me, it was Well, your sister lives in a nice area, in too. In, like, St. Petersburg and, like, Tampa. Yeah, area. and that's the other thing, too. If you're in the super nice areas of They're town... They're going to charge you more. It's going to cost more than if you're in the boonies or, like, out in the middle of nowhere. So, like, where you are when you fill up super matters, which is why apps like Gas Buddy are super handy, because you could look and say, well, if I fill up here, it's going to cost me 50 cents more than if I drive two miles and fill up there. All right, guys, that's all the news that we got for you this month. We hope that you really enjoyed listening. We can't wait for ne next month when we see what type of news they have coming out about van life once again.
You mean bus life? Oh well, yeah, <laughs> nomad life, I guess, because that's we kind of cover it all. But yeah, once again, I think that we should be a little bit more critical on what hashtag van life is and what hashtag bus life is and what hashtag car life is, because realistically, if we lived in the car, it would be probably a little bit more uncomfortable for us with the way that we live. But we could save a lot of money on gas. Oh my god, if we lived in a Prius. Yeah. Like, whew. Or even like a Tesla. Like, whew. It'd be amazing. <laughs> so anyways, we hope that you all have got some valuable information for this. Let us know which was your favorite article. We're always excited to hear from you over on Instagram at FNA Van Life. Be sure to go check out our YouTube channel. We just had some crazy videos come out. You're not going to want to miss those. And don't forget to leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. It so helps this channel grow. And remember to give everybody love and appreciation. Everybody's just trying to do their best with what they have and what they know that day. I learned that quote from our buddy uh, Chase from Tio Ventura, and I think it's one of the best quotes that you could ever come up with because it's just one of those things where it's so relevant that people are struggling with things every single day, and them just doing their best with what they got is what they know. Like, our sandals just got stolen, but they're doing the best with what they know and if that's you know stealing something from somebody it is what it is and they I hope obviously they're enjoying our shoes i think that they probably just needed them more than us at that point yeah you know? who knows they probably sold them or whatever made a couple quick bucks on a couple uh, fancy sandals just remember to lead with respect and love and care and try to just be there for each other and with that being said we hope you have an FNA day make sure you subscribe to their youtube channel fna van life all right all that